All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome to NPL Legal Dish. This is my Monday through Wednesday live broadcast where I teach business and legal concepts using pop culture and celebrity news. If this is your first time uh, seeing my face or hearing my voice, and you're like, who's this lady on the internet? Uh, I'm Natalie Pierre-Lewis. I'm the host of the show, and I'm the owner and operator of NPL Consulting LLC, a business formation firm. What that means is I help people like yourself get your business paperwork together. So things like making sure you have your articles of incorporation with the state, uh, getting EIN numbers and DUNS numbers, making sure you have contracts for clients and partners, uh, basic brand protection strategies so that you don't get sued for discrimination, uh, and hiring and training strategies. No. Basic brand protection strategies so people don't steal your business ideas and hiring and training strategies so you don't get sued for discrimination. Sorry, you know, happens. I help you do all of these things and more. If you're wondering why I'm qualified to help you, uh, I am a licensed attorney. I have more than 15 years in counting. I've started multiple businesses for myself and others, both online and offline. I've had many careers in the realms of entrepreneurship, the law, education, hospitality, and administrative support. And most important, I'm very passionate about making business and legal education as accessible to everyone as possible. Not everybody has the time, the money, or the desire to go to business school or to law school, but a lot of you have amazing business ideas, and if you're going to be successful, there are just some things that you need to know. There's no way around it. So that's why I'm here, all right? So if you're in the startup phase of your business and you're looking for, you know, some guidance because you're like, I don't know where this form, I don't know how to fill this out, you know, what am I supposed to do? I want to help you, okay? Uh, go to linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm and link up with me at linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm. You can book yourself a free 15-minute consultation. If you are a client at linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm, you can also download my free biz launch cheat sheet that will help you choose and start your dream business in seven days or less. Uh, linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm is also where you can subscribe to the YouTube channel and the podcast because you're not going to be able to make every episode. You're just not. It's not going to happen. So you can catch up at your leisure, okay? Whether that be by video or by audio. Uh, Linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm is also where you can get your show merch, like this lovely t-shirt, okay? Uh, and this lovely mug, all right? So if you are a frequent watcher of the show and you want to support, this is a great way. Yeah. Um, and last but not least, Linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm is where uh, you can get my digital products like my ebooks and uh, video trainings. So this month we are focusing on nonprofit organizations. Uh, so I do encourage you guys to pick up my nonprofit entities ebook. It is only $9.97. Okay. So that is what, uh, you know, what's going on over here. Uh, on the business side, but, uh, you know, just in case there are some new eyes, new ears who don't know what's happening, I'm going to give you a brief explanation before we start. So this is how the show works. Uh, I pull stories from the news, from blog sites, stories that you lovely people send me, um, anywhere that I find inspiration and stories that have lessons that we can learn business as business owners. And I bring them here and we discuss them. Okay. So this is a time for you. Hello, Reed Danny. This is a time for you to, um, get involved, ask your questions, give me your comments as long as they're respectful. Try not to cuss because my mama watched this show. Uh, hi, Ayana Bina19. Uh, and uh, what else? 
yeah, so ask your questions, um, give me your comments. I will be asking you to give me some emojis and to tell me what you think about things. So if you're not driving and if you're in a stable place, you know, I do encourage you to participate in the conversation because it's just more fun when we all participate, okay? All right, so uh, I think I have gone through all of the housekeeping things. So now we can move on to the show. And before we even get to our stories, uh, we start off with our NPL nugget. What is an NPL nugget? So um, like I said, every month I cover a new topic. And uh, what I do at the beginning of the show is I take that topic and I give you, I teach you a, a brief lesson, a brief concept related to that topic in a couple of minutes um, so that, you know, you can be more educated as an entrepreneur. All right. So this month, like I said, we are focusing on nonprofits. Um, yesterday, our NPL nugget was that, you know, in terms of a nonprofit, nobody owns a nonprofit. You may manage one, you may have founded one, but nobody owns a nonprofit organization, right? Today's NPL nugget is that there are many different types of uh, nonprofit organizations. Most people are familiar with 501c3s. However, there are 501c4s. There are 501c8s. There are tons of different types of nonprofit organization, and it is really up to you as a, um, you know, as, as the business owner to determine what is the right uh, format or right type of a nonprofit organization for you, okay? So if you want some help figuring out what type of nonprofit organization you are, I would highly suggest that you pick up my nonprofit entities ebook at linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm. Hey, Margaret, it is the first button um, and the, the ebook is only $9.97, okay? All right, so um, NPL Nugget is done. Margaret, you came right at the right time, okay? So we're about to start on our stories. <clears throat> okay. So we're going to have two quick uh, things. First thing, um, I want we want to say congratulations to uh, Tina Turner. If you know who Tina Turner, give me it, it, who Tina Turner is. Give me the leg emoji or legs emoji. If you know who Tina Turner is, give me the legs emoji. And if you don't know who Tina Turner is, shame on you, okay? <laughs> uh, Tina Turner, uh, she is, uh, you know, an icon in black music, in rock music. There is um, a very popular movie called What's Love Got to Do With It that's based on her life. Thank you, Ree Danny. Tina Turner is everything. She is, you know, 80 years old, looking, you know, better than some of us out here. Um, you know, and she has, she has been in the music business for like 60 years. Tina Turner has, she's done it all, right? Uh, and Tina Turner, uh, has recently just, uh, um, done something that is super cool. She has sold, uh, the rights to her music. Thank you, Margaret, to BMG, BMG Music Group for, um, $50 million. Tina Turner has sold the rights to her catalog. Uh, you know, to BMG Music for $50 million, okay? This is the culmination of 60 years of work, of hard work, of performing. And Tina Turner, you know, she's in her 80s now. And she's like, you know, I'm I'm not really doing this no more. Run me my money. Y'all want to y'all wanna do something extra with it? That's fine. Just run me my lump sum. But we want to congratulate Queen Tina Turner on getting $50 million for her, um, you know, for selling the rights to her music catalog. Now I want to know from you guys, do you think that $50 million, was that a fair price 
Do you think she deserved more? Do you think it's overpriced? Should, did she deserve less? What do you think about the $15 million price tag? Was that just right, too much, or too little for Queen Tina? What's her real name? Anime something. I don't remember Tina Turner's real name. I know it was anime something. But what do you think about $50 million? Now, I wouldn't sneeze at 50, I wouldn't sneeze at $5 million. Hell, I wouldn't sneeze at $50,000. But, you know, with Tina Turner, again, I said Tina Turner's been in the music industry for like 60 years. Is $50 million, do you think that is an appropriate uh, amount for her music catalog? Mm I think it's a pretty fair amount. Um, Reed Danny said, I don't think it was enough. Okay, Reed Danny thinks that she should have gotten more. And I'm never going to say that she doesn't deserve more. But I do think that, you know, $50 million um, is pretty generous. What was it? There was a gentleman that we covered some time ago. Was it Neil Young? He sold his catalog. I forget how much he sold his catalog for. And Stevie, uh, the the front lady of um, Fleetwood Mac sold hers too. And yeah, they, they both got like tens of millions of dollars at least. Um, Margaret said, deserves more, but that's good. Anime Bullock. Okay, so Margaret thinks that Tina Turner deserves more. Tina Turner's real name is Anime Bullock. Um, uh, okay. But, uh, you know, good luck to the queen. At $50 million, give me $50 million at 81 years old. I'm going to ball out, okay? Uh, but good for her. Second um, thing that I wanted to ask you guys real quick. Um, if you know what Timberland boots are, give me a boot emoji. If you know what Timberland boots are, give me a boot emoji, okay? Um, part, if you're from New York, you most definitely know what a Timberland boot is. It is, it is like the official shoe of <laughs> New York, right? Um, somebody, get your New York friends in here. If you uh, are familiar with Timberland boots, thank you, Margaret Massey. Um, Margaret, uh, Timberland is on a quest to trademark the design of their boots. And they're having a little bit of a time with it with the USPTO. Now, um, if you've been watching me for any length of time, you know that you can get something called trade dress protection. And, you know, how your product looks can be a trademark, you know, uh, can be a trademark. And Timberland, the company, is basically saying the shape of our shoe, the Timberland shoe, this iconic shoe, we think that it's worth protecting and we would like to protect the design. But the USPTO is kind of like, you know, girl, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's if it's that unique. So I want to know from you guys, do you think that the Timberland boot, is that a unique enough design? Is it a design that is so recognizable to the general public that they know exactly what it is. Is it that popular that it should be protected? What do you think? Hey, hey, what do you think? What do you think? Timberland boots. I got some Timberland boots in my um shoe rack right now. Right now. Right now. What do you think? I I I think so. I think Timberland is an iconic enough shoe 
There's enough out there in the world that I think that Tim's do deserve trade dress protection. Um, Margaret said, I thought it was trademarked already. It should be protected. Okay, so you thought they had, they already had it protected. Apparently not. Um, they do have their logo protected, that tree thing. Um, but in terms of the actual design of the shoe, that has not been, as of yet, protected, and they're going back and forth with the USPTO. All right? Okay. So those were our, you know, quick, quick and dirty stories. Now we can get into, you know, the, the full ones. So uh, before we move into those, I want to remind you guys that you are watching NPL Legal Dish. This is my Monday through Wednesday live broadcast where I teach business and legal concepts using pop culture and celebrity news. Uh, if you are in the startup phase of your business and you're looking for some legal guidance, I want to help you. Go to linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm and book your free 15-minute consultation today, all right? I'm a licensed attorney with a passion for helping entrepreneurs achieve their dreams, so Come kick it with your girl. Come kick it with your girl. <laughs> All right. Okay. First story. Uh, well, first, not first story. Next story that we are talking about. Um, if you have heard of Rodan and Fields, if you have heard of Rodan and Fields, give me an RD in the comments. If you have heard of Rodan and Fields. Um, you, you may not know them by Rodan and Fields. This is the same company that has brought you, uh, pr the proactive line of products. Um, but Rodan and Fields, you know, they sold proactive and they decided to develop a new line of, you know, skincare products. I know some people who are distributors for them. So Rodan and Fields is basically, you know, a competitor to, I would say maybe Avon or, Mary Kay, but more on the skincare side, less on the makeup, right? Um, so, uh, Rodan and Fields, they have something called Brow Defining Boost, right? Um, it's, it's a brow, and, and they promote it on social media with the hashtag Brow Boost, um, as well as promoting it on their own social media, Rodan and Fields hires celebrities, influencers, to promote the product as well. They hired uh, uh, supermodel Molly Sims to promote their uh, brow-defining boost. Uh, she, pro she promoted it on her blog, um, you know, and, she, and when she promoted it on her blog, she put the cost of the product as well as a link as to where people can buy it, right? So... Long, so long story short, Rodana feels they're selling this brow boost. They hire Molly Sims to promote it on her social media. Not a big deal. People do it every day, right? Here's the problem. There is a company called Petunia Products. They have a trademark for the phrase brow boost. They make cosmetic products. They make skincare products. And, the, and they own the trademark for brow boost. So they sued not only Rodan and Fields, but they sued also Molly Sims for trademark infringement. Um, they said, you know, not only is Rodan and Fields using, you know, our trademarked term without permission, you know, you're getting influencers out here to promote your product and that could cut into our bottom line. So Molly Sims was like, uh, excuse me, they just paid me to promote the product. Um, I didn't make it. So I don't see why you're coming after me for trademark infringement. Um, what do you think the judge said when Molly was like, uh, I didn't make it. I'm just promoting it. 
What do you think the judge said when Molly Sims was like, they should not be suing me? Okay. Now remember Molly Sims, she doesn't own Rodan and Fields. They just paid her to promote their brow defining boost theme, right? So did Petunia products have standing to go after Molly Sims for trademark infringement, right? Let me know what you think in the, in the comments. Um, in the meantime, the judge did not agree with Molly Sims. The judge was like, look, it's not like you were just, you know, posting it in your stories and you're just like, oh, this is really cool. You were paid by this company to promote this product. You provided a cost and a link where people could purchase. So this, you were participating in the infringement that is, that, that was happening with Rodan and Fields. So while, you know, there has not been a final judgment yet, Molly Sims is still on the hook for promoting this uh, brow-defining boost gel. Why am I bringing this story to you? This is very, um, yes, Margaret, ignorance of the law is no excuse. Absolutely. Why am I, why am I bringing this up to you guys? Because a lot of you, you know, uh, many of us with, with our businesses, we promote on social media and we may pay others to promote our products on social media, but you have to be careful that you are not infringing on anybody else's uh, you know, intellectual property, because not just your company can get in trouble, the person that you are paying to promote your products can get in trouble. So if you are either planning to hire a, an influencer, or if you are an influencer who wants to be hired, you need to be aware of the intellectual property implications of what you are promoting, because you can be held liable for trademark infringement if you are promoting, if you are paid to promote a product that is violating someone's trademarks, okay? Margaret got it right on the head. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. Molly Sims, you may not have known that you were violating trademarks, but you definitely were. All right, okay. Moving on to our next story of the evening. Um, Margaret, how many times have you gone to Target this month? How many times have you gone to Target this month? And anybody else who is watching, whether you're watching live or whether you're watching the replay, how many, actually not, well, October just started. In the month of September, how many times do you think that you went to Target? Zero times, Margaret? Really? Okay, you're, you are good. Anybody? Anybody, how many times did you go to Target in the month of September, okay? Now, uh, okay, Margaret is not a Target girl. Well, um, I posted a question in my stories today asking if you guys like Target, and 100% of the people said yes. Um, and so this next story may be a little bit distressing to you, uh, to, to you Target fans, right? So, um... AP Jackson said, does online count? Yes, act, actually, online counts, especially in this situation. Hey, girl. Hey, AP Jackson. Online especially counts in this situation, okay? Um, so, as we know, during the pandemic, um, you know, there was quarantine and people couldn't go out and, you know, shop physically for products, right? This particularly affected twice. Hello, Leaks Dope. 
This particularly affected um, the uh, the baby industry, like um, the newborn. I don't know what you call that. The stuff you buy for kids, right? You, uh, nurseries. So a lot of parents were, you know, very frazzled because they wanted to go out and buy things for their babies, but they couldn't because everything was closed down. So what uh, Target did was they basically built a virtual nursery showroom where you could go online and you could uh, basically pick the products that you wanted from Target and see how they would look in your virtual nursery, okay? And um, when they did this, when they when they implemented this virtual nursery, uh, their their nursery item sales increased by 35%. Remember, they had plummeted because of quarantine. Nobody was going to Target in the stores. So they implemented this virtual um, nursery showroom where parents could design their nurseries online and it really worked and, you know, and they, they've kept it, right? Now, here's the problem. There is a company called Design with Friends. They developed this technology of virtual showrooms, right? Um, and the, uh, they basically said that Target mined their website for, uh, for, you know, the technology. They, Target basically went and practiced on the website uh, to see what they were doing, how it works, and then developed their own. The thing is, Design with Friends, they partner with businesses all the time. They've partnered with Amazon. They've partnered with Walmart, House, a bunch of, um, a bunch of well-known businesses. So Design with Friends has no problem sharing their technology as long as you're, as you're willing to pay for it, right? How about Target? They went the background. As a matter of fact, uh, Design with Friends was, was actually able to um, obtain logs of Target employees who spent massive amounts of time on the Design with Friends website, you know, just um, tinkering with it, figuring out how it worked, and then they um, and then they went back to Target and were like, okay, we got to build our own virtual nursery. So Target is being sued by Design with Friends for copyright infringement because they're saying that they basically stole their computer program, their design program. Um, and, and you know, th this could be a real problem for Target because Design with Friends, they want profits and they want damages. Target was able to show that their sales increased by 35% when they implemented this system. So can you imagine how much Target might have to pay Design with Friends if they are found guilty of copyright infringement? Now, Target has not commented on this story at all. They have not said whether they, they you know, they agree or disagree, whatever. But this could cost, car, um, you know, Target a pretty penny. Why didn't you just ask them, hey, can we, you know, partner with you? Can you create a program for us so that, you know, we can have a virtual showroom for our customers? Why did you have to go through this back-end way of having your employees, you know, scouting the website and doing, you know, all whatever manner of stuff and... You, and, you know, instead of just having the professionals do it right the first time. So Target may be in a bit of hot water. Now, we don't have any numbers here as to what this might, uh, you know, run Target. But how much you think Target might have to owe design with friends? 
because of this virtual nursery showroom. You think it's in the millions, the billions? Um, Margaret Massey said, virtual showrooms have been around a long time. They will have to pay a lot, right? Okay. I remember there was a time I was doing, um, I was doing like these online surveys and they, they were, they were testing out virtual shopping at grocery stores. Um, so yeah, virtual showrooms are becoming more and more popular, especially as more people don't want to leave the house. Like the other day I had to make an appointment and they were like, yeah, here's the address. And I was like, what? It's not virtual. <laughs> yeah, I have grown so accustomed to being at home. Anyway, um, but good luck to design with friends. Get your money. Um, Margaret said about three million. I feel like it'll be more. I feel like it'll be in the tens of millions, honestly. But that's just me. Because I'm just thinking Target, virtual showroom. This could be worldwide, a 35% increase worldwide. Target makes a lot of money. Um, okay. Uh, before we move to our final two stories of the evening, I want to remind you guys that you are watching MPL Legal Dish. This is my Monday through Wednesday live broadcast where I teach business and legal concepts using pop culture and celebrity news. If you ever miss a live broadcast and you want to catch up at your leisure, make sure that you are subscribed to the YouTube channel and the podcast. You can um, reach, you can get, blah, 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 blah. You can subscribe to those by going to linktree forward slash MPL Consulting Firm. It's the only link in my bio on Instagram and all over my page on Facebook. Okay. All right. Final two stories of the evening. Uh, this one is an update. Uh, if you have ever flown Southwest Airlines, give me an SW in the comments. If you have ever flown Southwest Airlines, give me a, an SW in the comments. And if you have ever purchased a ticket from a site called Kiwi.com, give me any type of fruit emoji. So if you have ever flown Southwest, give me an SW in the comments. And if you have ever purchased airline tickets from a site called Kiwi.com, give me any type of fruit emoji. If they have a kiwi, give me a kiwi, but I'm not going to be particular. Okay. All right. Now, if you are not familiar Southwest, they are an airline. Um, they fly you places, right? Um, and if, if you are not familiar with kiwi.com, they are one of many, uh, low cost fare sites. So think like kayak sidestep, um, I don't know, tra Google Flights, Travelocity, whatever. All that, Kiwi.com is basically the same thing, right? And Kiwi.com um, a while ago had been sued by Southwest Airlines um, for scraping their site for fares. Southwest partners with different sites, uh, you know, to promote their fares, plus they have their own website. But if you are not an official, you know, partner with Southwest, if they don't have an agreement with you, you have no right to, uh, you know, basically be on their site. That's their, that's their argument. What Kiwi would do is they would find the prices. Someone would want it. They would purchase the price from Southwest and then basically, you know, be, be an in-between person for whoever was trying to purchase the site, but they didn't have, they weren't giving Southwest a cut and Southwest was like, yo, what's going on? Um, so 
Southwest sued Kiwi for trademark infringement because Kiwi was using the Southwest logo on their website when they were promoting these low-cost fares, and the judge agreed with them. So Southwest has won their their lawsuit against Kiwi.com. Kiwi.com can legally no longer, uh, you know, um, sell... Well, they couldn't legally do it before, but they are barred from using any Southwest Airlines trademarks, from using any Southwest information on their South, uh, on their site. They, uh, you know, Southwest is like, you didn't ask us permission, so you don't get to do this at all. So, um, yeah, Kiwi.com has been banned from using any Southwest logos or promoting any Southwest Airlines flights. This is why it's important for you to make sure you cross your eye, dot your eyes. I cannot talk today, y'all. Dot your eyes and cross your T's. All right. I have never flown Southwest. Is it a nice airline? Somebody, let me know. Um, but yeah, they um they have won their lawsuit against Kiwi.com. And if you didn't know what Kiwi.com is, go check them out. Okay. Last story of the evening, and this is, you know, very on theme with the month. It's the month of the month of October. It's spooky season. We're coming up on Halloween. Um, if you have seen any of the Friday the Thirteenth films, any one of them, give me a knife emoji. If you have seen any of the Friday the Thirteenth films, any one of them, give me a knife emoji. Friday the 13th, the, the main, uh, villain is, is Jason. He wears a hockey mask and he kills people with a knife. They've memed him to death. Um, but yes, if you have ever seen any of the Friday the 13th film series, um, give me a knife emoji. Margaret, AP Jackson. Okay. Thank you, Margaret. All right. So, if you didn't know, uh, Friday the 13th, um, was one of the writers was, goes by the name of Victor Miller. Victor Miller, he was one of the original writers, thank you guys for the knives, one of the original writers for Friday the 13th, right? Um, he wrote this movie 40 years ago, and, um, he recently won the domestic rights to the Friday the 13th uh, franchise. Now, we've talked about this. There are a lot of artists who are getting back their copyrights and things from different places because they have outlived their contracts. And this is one of the things that's happening here. It's happening in the movie industry too. Now, Victor Miller did not have this without opposition. The producer and director of the Friday the 13th films, Sean Cunningham, basically tried to say, no, 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 this was a work for hire. We hired Victor Miller specifically for this. And, you know, this was not his creation that we purchased. But um, the, uh, the judge did not agree And now, Victor Miller, one of the original writers of Friday the 13th, it is going, he's, he is now the point person that you have to go through to be able to do anything with the Friday the 13th franchise. What do you think that means, one, for Victor Miller? What does it mean for Victor Miller now that he has 
the domestic rights, right? What does that mean for him financially? And what does that mean for the Friday the 13th franchise as a whole? What, based on what we have talked about, you know, over the course of this show, how do you think, how does this affect the people in this story? Victor Miller now has the domestic rights to the Friday the 13th film series. One of the original writers, right? What does that mean for him and what does that mean for the film series? If you don't know what that means, for Victor, it means that Victor, if, if anybody wants to do any, yes, Margaret, see, she got it right there, mega riches. If anybody wants to do anything with the Friday the 13th franchise within the United States, whatever they have to do, Victor's going to get a piece and he's going to get a say, right? Um, and so that means that let's say they're doing something with the Friday the 13th franchise and Victor doesn't like it. He could be like, nah, uh-uh, right? Like, he he can stop it by saying, I don't agree. I'm not giving you the rights to this. So this is really causing a shift in Hollywood. There are a lot of creator creators and creatives who are taking back their rights. And this could, you know, really cause a shift in how things are done in Hollywood. Um, so, you know, congrats to Victor Miller. I'm pretty sure this man is already a multimillionaire, but he's going to be even richer. Um... And this is why it's important to know what your rights are when it comes to your intellectual property. Just because you sold it or licensed it away doesn't mean it's licensed away forever. You always have a chance to get it back, all right? Unless it's like a final sale type thing, whatever, whatever. Um, but yeah, so those were the stories that I wanted to share with you today. Thank you guys for hanging out with me. Thank you for your your opinions. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for your emojis. It is so much more fun when we participate in this together. Margaret and AP, y'all are the real MVPs. All right. Um, tomorrow is Thursday. We didn't have a show on Monday because of the shutdown. Uh, I will do my best to have a show tomorrow, but I'm not going to promise it. Um, make sure that you take care of yourselves. Go to linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm to check out everything that's happening happening with me. Book your one-on-ones, get your uh, free biz lunch cheat sheet, go pick up the nonprofit entities ebook. It's only $9.97. So we'll be back here, if not tomorrow, Monday. So have a wonderful night and take care of yourselves. Bye.